Welcome to Reverb Roundtable, a weekly show that brings the brightest creative minds and digital producers in sports, entertainment, politics, news, and more to share their stories and strategies that will help you become a better leader and creator. On this episode, we are joined by our friend, Dave Adamson, more affectionately known as Aussie Dave. Dave wears so many hats, from social media pastor to YouTube pro. He was formerly a part of North Point Church and is currently in roles with Orange Leaders and Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries, or FIRM. We brought him on the podcast to teach us all he knows, or at least as much as he can teach us in one podcast, about YouTube. Fair warning, Aussie Dave is one of our best friends, so this episode gets a little chaotic because we are having so much fun. But this episode is also a bit like drinking from a fire hydrant because Dave is literally dropping great information the entire time. If there was ever an episode that you need to get the show notes for, it is this one. Just go to rvrb.cc forward slash podcast, subscribe to our email list, and those show notes will be in your inbox ASAP. On that note, let's dive in. Thank you, Tessa. William, what's up? What's up? How are we doing? I'm great because we have one of our best friends on the planet on the podcast. Like we, Aussie we love Dave, Aussie, Aussie, Dave. <laughs> we love, we love our guest, but we truly have our best friend. On the it's Aww. truth that Dave is our best friend. Cause this is our second go around at trying to record this episode. This is first true. one was in shambles. It didn't go well at all, but shambles. we still talked for 45 to 60 minutes afterwards. And, and the fact that it was in shambles was in no way my fault. Can we just, I just want to clarify that. I've got it was, a reputation. It was that Australian internet that just dropped out the whole no, time. You take that back, Will. You know it wasn't the Australian internet. <laughs> no, it was, it was Clark and I having a wild day. That's what it was. Listen, we're, when we say Aussie Dave, we really mean Aussie Dave because Dave, who was our best in life, real life, R I L F, whatever it is, person, friend, he is now way way across the, the globe he yes. is in another country you're down under where are you in australia dave so uh first of all i am in the future because it is uh you're i'm always like in the future Saturday like how, morning, like, right? i'm like 18 hours ahead of you or something or mm-hmm. something along those lines <laughs> it, yeah it's saturday morning for me as you record this on your friday mm-hmm. um and i'm actually located in a place called brisbane but i'm an hour north of brisbane on a place called the sunshine coast does that not just mm. sound like the most um like the, the best location where do you live i live on the sunshine coast and the Where interesting did you live thing before is, you lived in the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But the, the interesting thing is today, <laughs> what rain? Nothing but rain. It's terrible. <laughs> so it's raining on the Sunshine Coast. Well, we're glad you brought sunshine to our podcast. So it means a lot. <laughs> Good to have you here, Dave. Dave, um, as Tessa said in your introduction, which she does so amazingly, she laid it all out. She spelled it all out. But what are you most known for? I mean, when I say Dave Adamson, people say, Will, go. Aussie Dave, the Instagrammer, the YouTuber, yeah. <laughs> the community guy, the link the, guy, the celebrity, the celebrity. I will take all of those except the last one. I will take the community guy. I will take the link guy. I will take the Instagram guy. I'll take all of those. I'm happy with every single one of those, um, those titles. Um, yeah, I love, I, I think what people know me most for is leveraging technology, um, and, uh, digital in the nonprofit space. I think that's, yeah. I, I would say that. Would you agree? 
Yeah. Oh, you're talking to us. Oh, you. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at you. Oh, you had family next <laughs> to you. <laughs> he brings his wife. Would you agree? He actually? brings his wife. Will you be my live audience? <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So Dave is literally the person that I go to if I need to know how to use social media in church. We've interviewed Bo mm-hmm. uh, Bo Coffrin on this podcast, and yeah. um, Haley Vaturis works with us. But I want you to know that if there is somebody. And I think all of us. Do we call Dave for uh, relationship advice? No. Do we call Dave for health advice? No. I call him for relationship <laughs> advice. I don't know about you. Yeah. We, on, call, we call Dave when we need to know how to use social media to help a church or a nonprofit advance their mission or their cause. Um, and social media, by the way, includes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, in case you didn't know. Um, and, Dave, and, and Clark and YouTube. Oh, I'm sorry. That sorry, always sorry, sorry. gets left out uh, when we, we, talk, when we talk social we media, that. especially like seriously, though, when we talk social media, especially in, in church or nonprofit space, mm-hmm. YouTube mm-hmm. is the one that gets left out the most. But as of uh, the start of April, I don't know when you're listening to this or watching this, uh, yep. viewer, but as of the yep. start of April 2021, Instagram, uh, sorry, YouTube is now the number one most active social media platform in the world, well ahead of Facebook. It's the difference between 71% on YouTube and it's 67% on Facebook. Wait, 100%. Wait, I'm going to ask for the audience. Why do you consider YouTube a social media, Dave? Because YouTube considers itself a social media platform. That's why over the past couple of months, like, sorry, the past 18 months to two years, what you've seen uh, YouTube start to introduce is a community tab for people who have over a thousand subscribers. They're introducing uh, their version of stories, which is YouTube Mm -hmm. shorts. Um, Mm -hmm. They are really pushing into that space. Also, Again, one thing that gets your uh, views, no matter what industry you're in, if you want to get more views on your YouTube channel, you need to engage with the comments. The algorithm picks up engagement now. So it is acting exactly like a social media, a traditional social media platform, which was a funny thing to say, right? Traditional social media, like it's been around for centuries. (laughs) YouTube is actively pursuing into this, uh, uh, trying to get into this uh, social media space and be seen as a social media platform. and it, and it differentiates it from something like Vimeo, for example, right? Which is just this video content storage uh, facility. Um, mm-hmm. YouTube has this engagement piece. It has this interactive piece. And so I, I really believe churches, nonprofits, any industry needs to start using uh, YouTube as a social media platform. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not just a social media platform too, but it's also like the second largest search engine in the world. Is that right? Oh. Second largest search engine in the world owned by the biggest search engine in the world, obviously Google. Um, Google. You know, stats came out at the start of April in the US um, and the stats were done by Pew Research and it was fascinating. It said something mm-hmm. in the order of, I don't have them in front of me, but it was like 96% um, of 18 to uh, 39 year olds use YouTube, 91% of 49 to 50 year olds, uh, sorry, 40 to 50 year olds use YouTube. And it was like mm-hmm. 76% of uh, 50 pluses use YouTube. I mean, it wow. is insane the amount of people that use YouTube and YouTube is the place people go to find answers for everything from fixing their mm-hmm. car to fixing their marriage. It is the place we search for, for answers. And that's why we need to start leveraging it more and leveraging it different than the way we've traditionally used 
YouTube. <laughs> Again, I've, traditionally, I've, like it's been I've, around forever. I've heard that line from Dave so many times, and it's my favorite line. I'm pretty sure he's ever scripted, which is YouTube <laughs> is the place people go to figure out everything from fixing their car to fixing their marriage. But is it not true? It <laughs> works so true. It's true for everything. Okay, so let me ask you guys this question. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I'm I'm asking you the questions now. I'm flipping the <laughs> script and I'm interviewing We're you guys. We're being interviewed on this so, podcast. So, so Clark, <laughs> you're, I can see that you're at your house. Um, and say say that door behind you, the handle of the door breaks, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're a, I don't think you're a handyman, but you need to fix <gasps> this. What's the first uh, thing you do? What's the first I, thing you would listen, do? Listen, I renovated that bathroom right behind me. <laughs> and guess what I use? I think you're a handyman. I think you're great. <laughs> I used YouTube to figure out how to do it. So thank you. You're right. Okay. What if, so, Vimeo, though? What if he was like, and I watched a video on Vimeo <laughs> to do it. It would have nobody watches, nobody watches Vimeo um, because it's not a search engine, right? It's a different, yeah, right. it's a different thing. Right. So you go Clark, my, my, uh, my, door handles busted. I've got to go to YouTube to find it. And YouTube throws up or you type that into Google and Google throws up three YouTube videos, which it typically does yep. at the top of the feed. And one yep. video says is two and a half minutes long. The next video is 11 minutes long. And the video after that is 35 minutes long. Which mm-hmm. video do you click on? Two well, minutes. I mean, the two minute one, of course. Dave. Yeah. Obviously, right? The two minute Obviously. one. Here's or the, the one that has thing. like the answers that are tagged and like this part will be yeah, 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 yeah. So you can skip <laughs> forward. Yeah. That is a really good, that is a really yeah. good deeper uh, dive into it than what I was going to say. But, but my point is your initial <laughs> yes. thought is the two and a half minutes is where you want to go, right? Absolutely. Because you want to get that answer shorter. Yeah. This is the interesting thing. And the thing that I keep bumping up against when it comes to dealing with nonprofits, especially when it comes to my work with churches is churches will put up a 35 minute message and expect people to right, just right. watch it. And when you consider that 37% of all mobile internet traffic is people watching YouTube videos. Pause there for a second. 37% mm-hmm. of all traffic on your mobile phone is YouTube videos. People what? aren't typically watching a 35-minute message on their phone like this. They're just not yeah, doing yeah. that. Yet yeah. churches insist on pushing out 35-minute messages. I think it's time that we lowered the bottom rung on the digital invitation ladder. We've mm. made it too mm. high. We're asking people to come to our churches online, but we're putting 35-minute messages and we wonder why people aren't watching it or the viewer retention drop drops off after like, you know, seven minutes. Why does that mm. happen? Because people aren't used to watching uh, uh, content for that long on their mobile oh. device. And we ha- so we have to start leveraging YouTube in such a different way, I think. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question, uh, practical, like give us your authority and your expertise in the space. Give us a case study of something you've done to help an organization go from zero to uh, 50 or zero to a hundred when it comes to YouTube and why it was successful. Yep. I'm putting you on the spot. Tell me a good case study Okay. of why and how it helps. So the case study that comes into mind, there's actually a couple that come into mind that we did different tactics on to get those uh, views back up. But the first one that popped into my head was, was so I worked for, uh, for a church called North Point, which is in Atlanta, one of the biggest churches in the US. Uh, Andy Stanley is the pastor there. And Andy is like that guy. 
super well known, like in church circles, but he's also known outside of church circles for his leadership stuff. And so I yep. worked with him for seven and, and a bit years uh, as the social media and online pastor. And so part of my job was to connect with people who were who were uh, connecting with the church uh, by digital means, podcast, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, we started a YouTube channel. And as we started to populate that YouTube channel with past messages that Andy had mm-hmm. preached and with new, new ones as they kept coming in, what I started to notice uh, after a few years was that our viewers uh, viewer retention was was dropping off on all of our content and the the big thing was for a church our size we weren't getting that many views on on our YouTube videos so what I did was went in and experimented with just one simple video one simple message and the message had a tie the message was part of a series that was called uh, you're not the boss of me that was the okay. series title now this message uh, what I say to my wife every week. That series was about um, how you don't let your emotions control you, right? Mm-hmm. But we called it, you're not the boss of me. The thing is, people aren't searching, going to Google, typing in, you're not the boss of me, right? But they are wondering, uh-huh. how can I control my emotions? So we started mm-hmm. to change. I started to experiment with some different titles for that message. And we ended up landing on how to control your emotions. And as soon as we did that, within 30 days, we had a 98% increase on views on the entire channel driven by that one video. And with huh. armed with that data, I went into uh, Andy and our leadership team, the people who I was reporting to, and said, hey, look what happened when we changed this one thing. And so I got permission to change all of Andy's past message sermon titles um, to keyword optimized phrases. Everything went up and to the right. Like I'm talking within... Another another 30 days, we had about 120% increase in all of our channel views because suddenly these videos were answering the questions that people were actually yeah. going to YouTube to ask. And because of that, they were watching, more people were watching and they were watching for longer. And YouTube started to throw up our videos as the recommended search uh, result for when people typed in those questions. So across over the space of the next few months, we literally retitled every single message and then got on the front end of it with uh, Andy saying, hey, why don't we keyword optimize them first before they go up onto YouTube and things just took off from there. So Dave, can that be applied across if they're not a church for a nonprofit or a product or something? 100%. This is what I see uh, organizations doing all the time. They're putting out content that makes sense to them. The title makes sense to them, right? Um, But unless you're answering a a specific question, people aren't going to stumble onto it. You're not going to find it as as easily. So I've been working with churches, nonprofits, and now like in Australia here, I'm starting to work with a TV channel, for example. And what we're doing is first cab off the rank really is to start retitling all of those messages. The great thing about YouTube is you can retitle a message and you can change the description. You can change the thumbnail as many times as you want. So I I encourage organizations to just experiment, change the title, change the thumbnail, change the description, but make sure they're keyword optimized. That's, that's the key here. They have to be keyword optimized. Dave. You're throwing so yeah. much at us. It's so good. Let's pause. Sorry. Let's take a step back. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example that I would imagine a lot of people listening have 
become familiar with. I know I've yep. been familiar with this before. You're at an organization. Maybe it's a non-for-profit. Maybe it's a church. You guys live stream all the time. You have this tech department that handles all of it. The tech department does not talk to the marketing department and all this jazz. <laughs> uh, they pay their, their annual $1,000 fee for their livestream.com subscription with Vimeo wrapped in. They do the live yep. streams. They're already on Vimeo. I copy and paste the title of your talk. I'm done. I'm out. And then the marketing director or whoever's over social media, someone who wants to put intentionality in the mix says, Hey, we want to do this. And the IT department or the video director department, it's like, no, 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 I got, I got a live stream. Leave me alone. It's on Vimeo. You can bet in my website. I'm done. I've seen that conversation take place. I've been in that conversation for the people in those situations, either the ones who are in the department side with the video or the tech that like, they're in their rhythms. They got something yep. that works. Why do I have to yep. take a step back? Or to the marketing director trying to figure out why they should hop into YouTube, give yep. like three clear, tangible points, pieces of ammo to say, hey, I know it's extra work because you already yep. have the system that now you have to yep. add on to. But yep. if you do this and you do one, two, three, here's going to be the benefit. There's yep. so much good here. What is the reason to change my rhythm of what I already do? So, so, you know, when you deal with organizations that are, you know, prolific content creators, like a lot of churches are, think about it from a, think about a church, a church puts out content, uh, 52 weeks of the year. Right. Um, so, so it doesn't matter whether or not you work in a church, they're, they're creating prolific, they're prolific content creators. So they're creating plenty of this stuff. But if you're, if you're a video editor, for example, and you're editing these messages down or you're editing this, um, this brand awareness campaign or this market, whatever it might be, you as the editor, and I'm, I'm, I'm addressing this to you, Will, you as the editor, right? Talk you as the you content creator, you, don't you want... Uh, more eyeballs on the piece of work that you spent hours, days, weeks, months creating. If you want more eyeballs on that, because you, you want to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your editing buck. You want to make sure that you have optimized this in the best possible way for the best possible in the best possible place for the most optimized audience participation. So I would say to you as the editor, Hey, if we tweak just one thing, like if instead of, um, instead of exporting your video file as, you know, um, May 1st, 2021 version seven, right? Which is what a lot of video people do. If you exported that file as the, keyword optimized title that your team has already organized, uh, you know, and, and had a meeting about and just keyword optimized the title of that video and then uploaded that to, to YouTube. Did you know that YouTube's algorithm can read the title of the video file and it categorizes it based on that. So that alone for the editor's point of view is what I would say that one thing will get more eyeballs onto wow. your video. And I'll talk to Clark as the, uh, the producer side, right? If you're the person who's yes. producing that content, you've put in all this work, you've pulled all of these teams together. Your whole marketing team has done this huge campaign. 
don't you want to get more eyeballs on it? So instead of mm-hmm. uh, calling it just the, the name of the marketing campaign or the brand name, give it a title that people are actually searching for so that more people get to see it. And when they get to see it, they watch it for longer. This is the thing about YouTube. YouTube has this ability. People don't go into this far enough, but if they do, it's fascinating. You can find out where on your video, you can watch the video with a graph of where people dropped off and they stopped watching. And you can nail it down to one point. Well, when when Will said this on the podcast, people plummeted off, right? Because you'll see the graph take a huge dive. But at the same time, you can also see spikes in the graph. And what that is, is people have watched something, they've seen, heard something that they liked, and they go back and rewatch it again. That's why you get the little bump up. So you can start creating content around that bump up, yeah. right, to get yeah. more people watching more of your videos because you know what they like to watch. Or you can stop saying that thing, Will, so that people stop dropping off. You know what I mean? These are the things that you can do in YouTube, but nobody takes the time because too many nonprofits and too many for-profit organizations simply use YouTube like they use Vimeo. Hey, I've got to get this off my hard drive and I, or I need to mm. share it with some people. So I'm just going to throw it up on YouTube. And, and then they wonder why it's only got 30 views. They put in all these weeks and of work, all these people resources, all these financial resources, and nobody's watching it. And it's because they didn't optimize it with keyword phrases or keyword titles. Tessa is going to start sending us the graph each week and be like, Clark, we really dropped off when you guys said this. <laughs> but Dave, there's something that you're, that's an underlying philosophy of everything that you're saying, an underlying strategy of everything that you're saying that I want to call out and point attention to. Yeah. And that's that you're trying to take content that's being produced and optimize it for an yeah. audience that isn't yet engaged with your organization. Exactly. So many churches are creating content for their organization. And exactly. what you're trying to help people do is break down that barrier and yeah. reach people outside of your organization. And so many people yeah. are landlocked too in the church, right? So it's like, I want to reach people in my community, but yeah. the work that you're doing on trying to help churches and non-for-profits optimize yeah. their content, not only breaks down just the people inside of my community, but you can reach people anywhere and you can exactly. expand your audience from people, not geographically close to you, but people anywhere in the world. Yes, exactly. Um, and and that's, ex- that's exactly it. But we don't leverage it like that. And we need to start doing that. There are so many things you can do within that YouTube um, y- that YouTube channel that will inc- I- increase your SEO across the board will get you much more views on your website or your podcast because it's all connected through Google, right? Um, and Google starts to, uh, uh, you know, pump it up a little bit further up in the search results. But I see a lot of nonprofits using Vimeo to embed videos on their website, whereas if they used <laughs> YouTube, those views would pump up that SEO faster than anything else they can do. And when it comes to organizations that are, uh, you know, for profit, for example, a lot, you see a lot of people, and I know you guys do a lot of, create a lot of content for people to use in marketing campaigns for like Facebook ads and things like that. Why don't we, why aren't we creating more YouTube ads? The bang for buck Mm -hmm. on YouTube is, it's much lower 
you get more views for less on YouTube than you do on Facebook. Like it's insanely, it like it's, it, it is really ridiculous how much bang for your buck you get for advertising on YouTube. Plus you can target those searches within a geographical reason, region, like you just said, Will, but you can also do what I call an ethical hacking of a popular video on the topic that you're, um, that you're currently in. Ethical Does that make sense? Hold yeah, on. Go dive into this. We're, He's talked to me about this before. We got to hacking ready yes. go okay so for example let's just say i've got a mug here right so say the three of us uh well no let's say this will you and i are in the mug making company right this is what we do we make mugs. You, baby that's let's all, go that's all we do and so we want more people to buy our mugs right we want more companies Absolutely. to print their logos on our mugs because we're, we're we think we've got the best mugs so we want to start an advertising campaign we can go to uh, facebook and create a really good video and throw it out there that's totally cool we can do that and it would work but we also know that over on youtube clark has this channel with a million subscribers and it's all about critiquing mugs, right? Hmm. That's all he does. He gets millions of views. He's the Mr. Beast of mugs, right? That's all he does is make Mr. mugs. Mug. Now, he doesn't want to work with us because we're his competition. So what we do when he's putting his next video out, we make a video about how good our mugs are, right? And we turn that into like we maybe make a two minute ad and what we do is we target his videos clark's mug videos for our ads so that when somebody clicks on one of the millions of people who viewed clark's channel click on to find out something about the newest mug that he's reviewing mm -hmm. what youtube does is they you know there's always a five second ad beforehand so somebody's typed in mm -hmm. what's the best mug youtube throws up clark's video because it's got a million views but what plays is our video, our company's video that says, hey, we've got the best mugs in town. Now, two things happen. The average viewer doesn't click off because they think they're watching the video that Clark had, <laughs> had put up, right? Second, if they skip off that video, first of all, <clears throat> if they skip after five seconds, we don't pay well. Our company doesn't pay for that ad. But we've still got a banner on, on the computer. We've still got our advertising banner onto the right of Clark's video. So this whole time Clark's talking about mugs over here, get your <laughs> mugs from Will and Dave are, is over here on a banner. Does that make sense? Dave, I think it's you've inspired me to start a new company. Yes. We've, we've ethically hacked Clark's popular video. You can do this. You can't do that on any other platform. What brand have you used this tactic with? I want to know yes. how you ethically hacked with an Andy Stanley sermon. I know you've done it. Yeah. And I want hey, to know. The first time I did it was uh, at North Point. We have a groups, uh, you know, a, a groups conference, like for small group leaders, uh, discipleship, that sort of thing. And this was the first time I, uh, very first time I ever did it. Um, we created a video <laughs> saying, what are you all laughing at? <clears throat> we created a video <laughs> talking about, um, you know, the importance of discipleship in small groups, and we put it on the most popular small group video, and we hacked that video and got views and got websites as a result. Fascinating. Fascinating. Ethically, Is it really, really Clark? 
It is like I'm I'm literally sitting here while my computer, I've got my Facebook leads up from this ad that we're running. I'm like, why am I doing these? Why don't I go (laughs) ethically hack some really famous YouTuber that's like an event content creator, which I don't know if they're out there, but. um, Well, um, here's the thing. There are YouTube is so niched at the moment, right? So micro niched that you can find almost we found discipleship, small group discipleship class videos that had 150 thousand views and that was probably the most niche thing i could think of right but if you're doing it for a mug company if you're doing it for a i don't know uh, a hat making company you better believe there's people out there who are who are creating these videos who've got hundreds of thousands of views and millions of subscribers and you can ethically hack those videos and be on the front end of them and the best thing about it. it is our cup company will we do not pay for our ad to run until it passes the 29 second mark. So by that point, we hopefully have them hooked, right? We've already hooked that person and we've told them what the call to action is. And if they skip at 28 seconds, we don't pay for it. It's so good. It's such a great idea. All right, Clark, so I'm gonna did some, I did some legwork for you, Clark, and I typed event management into YouTube to see what videos we need to ethically hack. And lo and behold, <laughs> uh, five event management tips for beginners by Event, uh, excuse me, by Elevate Experiences, the one and only Billy there Bowie. There you go. So me and you it. need to go, we need to go ethically hack oh Billy Bowie's YouTube. Is I think what that means. Uh, I'm just going to invoice you guys for it. Okay. Is that Please okay? Do. Like I'll just invoice you. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to do a wilded. I'm going to bring us back. Bring us back. Bring us back. Bring us back. <laughs> okay. So I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, I can't even figure out LinkedIn. Like I was trying to do Facebook and Instagram and now I'm trying to do Twitter and LinkedIn. What do you mean? You're going to give me a whole nother platform to learn. Yeah. Tell everybody to take a breath and tell everybody like some one or two initial steps they can do to, to start leveraging content on YouTube. Like where do they start? Okay. So, you know, we all know, and I know you guys know this, and I'm sure your past guests on this podcast have said this as well. Video is so important to social media. It's not even funny. So let's assume you you are already doing video and maybe you're putting them to Facebook. Maybe you put them to Instagram and and Vimeo, but you're not doing it to YouTube. First of all, start a YouTube channel. Start posting Mm -hmm. your video content to YouTube. Then the next most important thing you can do is to keyword optimize your videos. Okay. Now, we I don't know if we've unpacked what keyword optimized means or what a keyword phrase is. A keyword or a keyword phrase is literally the sentence that people type into Google when they're searching for something. So they might be typing okay. in um uh how do, what's the best mug for me to buy, right? Now, Clark, our company, Will and Dave's company, we're, no. we're paying <laughs> Google thousands upon thousands of dollars to make sure that we are at the top of that search mm-hmm. result. Like okay. we pay Google tons of money for that. We, we do, because that's just how it's called. Now, Google calls that the ZMOT, Z-M-O-T, zero moment of truth. It's a marketing term that says when somebody's researched a product, whether it's a cup, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a camera bag, whether it's a hat, and okay. they're ready to hit buy, Google says that is the zero moment of truth. And and companies pay huge amounts of money to get there. In the nonprofit space, 
especially in the church space. If you're a mm -hmm. church leader watching or listening to this right now, I'm speaking directly to you. In, in our church space, the zero moment of truth doesn't come when somebody's purchasing something. It comes when, when a wife gets on Google and types in, how do I save my marriage? It comes when a dad gets on and says, how do I stop my kid from uh, overdosing. It comes when somebody comes into, into Google and types in, how do I find hope in the middle of a pandemic? How do I stop looking at pornography because it's ruining my life? These are the zero moments of truth for us. And that's why mm -hmm. as, as church leaders, we have to be in that space. And that happens when we're on YouTube, but it only happens when we keyword optimize our videos. So, you know, calling a video, um, you know, get out of the boat, which is a super, anybody who's, anybody who's watching this, who's from church knows that you've heard a sermon called get out of the boat. Of the boat. But really, that, that is about facing your fears. Instead, why don't you yeah. call it facing your fears? Why don't you call your message video? how to find mm -hmm. hope in the midst of a tough situation. Why don't you mm -hmm. call your video, where is God when life hurts? People will watch that because that's what people are actually typing in. I've got three daughters, right? You guys know my three girls. Um, they, because they're all under 20, they are making major life discoveries and major life decisions online. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. They've been doing it their whole life. And when they go to online to find the answers to these questions, I want to make <laughs> sure that that, pastor's videos there and they're not just watching Mr. Beast give advice. Not that there's anything wrong with mm -hmm. Mr. Beast. I watch him all the time. Um, I've just never referenced him twice in one podcast. <laughs> but do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Like we have yeah. to be creating content and, and, and distributing that content in a way that people actually find it in their zero moment of truth when they need truth. So Dave, what you're saying is that the church has an obligation not to just disciple their existing member base. They have an obligation to put the uh -oh. word where people are. Is that what you're saying? Dude. 100%. If you're a church, you know, read the gospels. Jesus, it says Jesus went around the countryside preaching the good news. Jesus in Mark 16 literally says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? That word go, apart from being two thirds of God's name. So you should use that verse all the time. That word go, <laughs> I did, I did a really deep I did a I did a really deep uh, uh, word search into that mm -hmm. word go. I looked it up in Hebrew. I looked it up in in the original Greek. And do you know what that word go literally means? Go. Tell me. That's what it means. It means go. <laughs> it means go and do something. Go with intentionality. Go with yeah. the strategy into these places, into the world. And in the modern day, this is the world. Because because church leaders, guess what? People who are at your church are carrying around with them in their pocket every single day, a pulpit, a worship team, and an offering plate. And if we're not leveraging technology to reach those people, then I, I believe <laughs> we're not following the example that Jesus set. Now, I will get pushed back on this all the time because I always do. Well, you know, there's a verse in the Bible in Hebrews that says we should not give up meeting together. I'm not saying give up meeting together. I'm just saying stay connected with people. Yeah, you're saying, you're saying go. Meetings. 
since since Will was challenging all the church leaders who are watching and listening to this, I want to challenge them all as well. Go doesn't yes. mean sit in your church building and hope that people come at a specific time on one day of the week to spend one hour with you and then preach the gospel. Ooh. It means to intentionally go with, strate- with strategy and intentionality. And it doesn't mean only talking about your events. Come to my event. Come, come to this thing. Come on. Don't use social media to invite people to events. Invite pe- Use social media to invite people to life-changing conversations. That's what I would hmm. say. We have to start leveraging this technology in a way, in the same way that the apostle Paul did. He used the technology of his day to connect people with God and with each other. We've got to do the same. Now, the technology of Paul's day, Will, is was letter writing. I'm going to explain this to you, Will. Letter writing is when you take paper and a pencil and you press it down <laughs> and you move your wrists around and words form. That's letter writing. That was the technology no, no, of Paul's no. day. It was like Notion before it was on the computer? It, it was pre-Notion. <laughs> pre-Notion. That sounds like a – that sounds like a – are you pre-Notion, a-Notion, or post-Notion? Which one are you, Clark? It sounds like a, it sounds like a religious term. He's a-Notion. But, but do you catch what I'm saying? Too many church leaders are sitting back waiting for people to come to them and they use technology like YouTube to get more Mm -hmm. people to come to them. We need to go into that space and leverage that technology as much as possible to reach people who currently aren't being reached. That's what we need to do. And the other reality for church leaders, uh, according to Pew Research and Gallup Research, only 22% of Christians were attending church every single week pre-COVID. This is not post-COVID. This is in 2019. 22%. That means 78% of your church community were only attending once every other week, once every three weeks, or once every four weeks. But how are they connecting with you? They're watching online. They're watching on YouTube, or they're listening to your podcast. They're not. Church attendance isn't decreasing. It's decentralizing. And we have to Mm. make sure that we're leveraging all of these tools to reach those people who are accessing our content outside of our church building. I don't know where to go from this. I do know where I want to go from this. It's so good, Dave. It's so good, Dave. Um, you're, you're being exactly what we want you to be. And that is a guide. You are helping people understand the world and how to use technology to make their jobs, their yeah. ministries, their, their organizations better and stronger. All right. Ready, Dave? I have a topic for you. I'm just going to say uh, two words and you just have to go. You ready? Uh, okay. We're going to go away from YouTube. Okay. Okay. I'm so excited that you're nervous. Okay. I'm so excited that you're nervous. I'm going to go away from I'm YouTube. A little bit ready? Nervous, I'm not going to lie. Facebook one groups. wheel. Go. No. Fa- oh. Facebook groups. One wheel is at the end. Facebook groups. Uh, go. Uh, Facebook groups is a great opportunity for uh, any church leader, any nonprofit to foster a community where they can grow people and stay connected to them for the other 167 hours of the week outside of that one hour that potentially they're at their church service. So you need to be leveraging Facebook groups to build that community, but don't just post the same things into your Facebook group that you post to your page. In fact, hey, church leader, why don't you go in there and actually do a Facebook live into your group and let people know what you're reading. It doesn't have to be a three-hour epic. It just needs to be a three-minute video that says, hey, so today I was reading this book and I got this out of it. I think this can practically help your faith in this way. I think too many church people overthink or they overproduce content. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Will's like, I got got to follow up that one. No, no, I got to follow up (laughs) that one. So, uh, Clark, we use Clark as an example. Now we're done with the Will and Dave mug making. Clark is a pastor at a small church in Tennessee. He doesn't have a huge production team. 
it's really just Clark and a MacBook they could barely afford. What does Clark do to leverage YouTube when he doesn't have resources? What does Clark do to leverage video, to leverage Facebook groups? How does he leverage all these tools when he doesn't have a team of resources behind him? Mm, yeah, question. great question. Great question. So I early on in the pandemic, like you know, mid-2020, um, I had a chat with a pastor in Texas. And I think this applies to any industry. Again, any industry. It doesn't have to be church. It doesn't have to be nonprofit. But um, mm -hmm. he was telling me that he's been producing this content every single single week that got maybe 200 views to it, right? Putting all this time, all this energy, all these resources into 200 views on YouTube. But then during the pandemic, what he did was uh, he went out of his house to walk his dog. He had his phone with him and he just thought, you know what? I'm just going to do a YouTube live. So he got on, did a YouTube live and literally just said, Hey, I'm struggling. I bet you're all struggling as well. I'm going to be walking my dog for the next 30 minutes. And I just want to pray for anybody who wants it. So if you want prayer, get in the comments, let me know, and I'll pray live for you right now. Right? Really simple, but really authentic as well. Called out that he was struggling, and he, so he assumed other people were as well. He contacts me afterwards and he says, Dave, I've been doing this prolific content creation for, for two and a half years, putting it out on YouTube. I get 200 views. I do that one thing live while walking my dog, and it got 17,000 views. I never want to pre preach a message ever again. And I was like, that required zero production. That re required zero resources other than what he had in his hand, which was his phone. I think too often, mm. and mm. Will, I know you're, you, you, you get this, but I also know you're a big production and gear guy like I am. Um, you know, I'm sitting here right now with a really expensive microphone and an expensive camera and a light up here and, and mood lighting behind me showing off my one wheel, not sponsored, but wish it was. Um, but all I tell pastors do, if you've got a phone and access to a window, you can create really good content just by doing that because we all know bright pixels are sharp pixels. So stand in front of a window. If you have to up your game or want to up your game in one area, put it into audio, buy a little microphone that will plug into your, um, into your phone. And we can leave links, uh, in this, in the YouTube description down below. See what I'm doing there. Um, we'll leave links to some things that options that you can buy. Um, just improve your audio. It's called AVL for a reason. Audio visual lighting. Mm -hmm. Audio comes first right? Audio Ooh. comes first Ooh. because audio is most important. People will put up with bad video quality. They won't put up with yeah. bad audio quality. Part of the reason we had to re-record this podcast is because Tessa's microphone was woeful. Um, and, and it sounded like a robot was talking. So we, we canceled and we <laughs> no, it was it. my microphone. Yeah. wasn't working, <laughs> but, but I'll blame this on Tessa. simply spend $50, get a microphone that plugs into your, um, into your phone and then get out in the sun. God provided us with some great lighting and it's really warm and it's soft <laughs> and, and it can make you look awesome. <laughs> to, to that, to that oh point, it is so easy to basically allow uh, production value to inhibit you from creating content 100%. because so yep. many other yep. people have XYZ or I'm going to start when I have XYZ. But I've also seen this man, Dave, in the middle of a desert with just a phone yep. Still yep. creating content. And so I think that speaks to it's about the quality yep. of content that you're bringing to the camera, not about the quality of the camera. It's about totally. the content that you're speaking and how you're engaging more than the yep. production value. And I know that's something yep. that like reverb internally, like we struggle with all the time of we want to 
do things with the highest quality. We want to do things yeah. the best way. But at the end yeah. of the day, we're here to help our clients in a way that gives them the best tangible results. So yeah. having the sexiest video or the best looking video might not be as effective as making a stupid ad that just yeah. works or yeah. recording something in a way that we normally wouldn't with a phone or, you know, without yeah. lighting and all that jazz. Ultimately it is about how the content engages with your audience, how it gets <laughs> totally. them to go where you want them to go and engage with them. Totally. And, but it's, it's a hard tension. Yeah, totally. But can I add one? Yeah, I'm going to yes and that because I 100% yes agree. And. Raise me. Yes Raise and. Me. Yes and. Uh, in social media and YouTube world, right, we've always been told this is the, the thing that we've told over and over again is that content is king. I don't agree mm -hmm. with that. I think context, context. is king. Context is king. Because yep. here's the reality. If I'm speaking to somebody and answering the question that is most important to them in their context, then mm -hmm. that's the most helpful, most engaging, most relevant Mm -hmm. content that they could possibly access in that moment. I think in church world, we've, we, we, we've screwed up the definition of relevant and that in hinders that, that hinders us too much. We assume, mm -hmm. Oh, we're a relevant church. Well, why? Well, because we've got, really cool lighting and and smoke machines and our worship leaders one wear wheels. skinny jeans and really deep v's and and our pastor rides a one wheel so we're relevant right no seriously though that's what we yeah. think is relevant but the right. reality is if i'm in the middle of a desert and i've been stuck there for a week and clark walks over to me with a bottle of water he is the most relevant person in the world to be in that moment i don't care what he's wearing i don't care what sort of car he has he is meeting my need. Relevance is about meeting needs. I talk to pastors all the time that say, I don't want to get on, I don't want my people getting on YouTube because then they're going to watch Andy Stanley's, Stephen, all these celebrity pastors who can preach better than me. But there's one thing y'all can do that Andy Stanley Man, can't, that Steve Furtick mm -hmm. can't, and that's serve the people in your community in the context to the needs that they currently have. So do that. I don't know why you're snapping. I don't get this. It's, it's, like an Amer it's an American thing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you do in the down under? Do you just like, like thank people we, or something? We salute and then we swing this thing around our head that makes a really loud noise that can be heard for my miles. It's called a woomera. Look it up. I'm going to do a video on it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it sounds a lot like story brand, honestly. Like peep, the, pro the problem is the story. The problem is the story. The problem is yes. the story. Yes. If you meet people where the problem is, that's the story. Um, exactly. I literally just said it to somebody in a text right before this podcast. Um, they were asking me what they should prepare their content for next week. Like, how can they get ready for content creation next week? I said, problem. Get ready to talk about the problem. Because yeah. that's what people care about. And you're just saying it in just a, a couple of different words. Yes, um, exactly. But that's, that's exactly what it is, Clark. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Dave, uh, and, and I don't want to take this too quickly away. If we'll, if you have any more questions about YouTube or Facebook, but I have a question, um, for Dave, Dave, you are the, what? Oh my gosh. That's the biggest bottle of water I've ever seen. William. Yeah, I know. Right. I did not know what it was. I thought it was yeah. like, I know it was this like, is, this, a, is, this is mine and Dave's water bottle company. We graduated from mugs. <laughs> it's called oh, it is. <laughs> that's so, so, such a great Fantastic. bottle. Will. Such a great bottle. <laughs> Sorry, Clark. Um, please, please leave this in the show. Um, so, Dave, <laughs> you are truly the guide of guides. You have been uh, uh, 
for me personally, I, you know, this, when we, when we first met Dave, um, we're going to tell our whole audience, this was not planned. Are we really? This is not planned. Yeah. We're going to tell the whole audience. When we first met, it was in San Diego, California on our way there. But here's the thing. Dave and I were both aware of each other. Okay. We were kind of both knew about each other. friends. We, I knew Dave had this really big following and Dave knew that I had this small following of dedicated fans. And, um, so I'm just mm. validating. I don't know. Um, yeah. Dave had this really, and so we were both like kind of, who is this guy? Anyways, we were traveling to California and we were going to stay in the same hotel together. Right. Yeah. And we were yeah. both like, I don't know who is this guy. This is going to be, this is going to be interesting. So we both yeah. ended up somehow asking the same person for advice like are yeah. are we going to be safe what did you ask her what did you ask i think we texted uh like within minutes of each other as well i think yeah. you got in first um but yeah i asked this mutual friend is this is this guy okay is he gonna murder me in my sleep that was the thing i was most worried about because i didn't know so date no, we didn't. So Dave and I get out there. We had never met before. And then we turned into the best of best of best of friends. He, he, I may have drank an adult beverage for the first time in my life. I, I, and I'm admitting that on a uh, national TV here. Um, yeah. I laughed more on the trip to San Diego. I've ever laughed in my entire life, but here's the thing. Dave has led me to such wisdom and such knowledge. I, there's, if, if I somehow prematurely die, um, I want Dave to be at, I want Dave to speak at uh -huh. my funeral. That, no, I've told you this before. He he offers so much wisdom. So I'm saying all oh, this for a point. Dude. Dave, how can we learn about you? You have you have several uh, um, not playlists, but several uh, things you're doing on the internet. I think YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where can we go learn from the practical wisdom? Tell us about some yeah. of the things you're working on and where where they're being posted. Um, yeah, so I mean, I post to Instagram every single morning, just some uh, what I hope is ancient wisdom with a, uh, a modern uh, application. Yep. That's the first time I've said that. And that sounds good. I'm going to change my whole bio to that <laughs> ancient wisdom with them. Will, can you write that down for me? Because that, that's really good. <laughs> Text to me later on. Ancient this. wisdom with a modern application. That's what I do on my Instagram. Uh, do that every single day. Um, I'm currently doing a series called um, a thousand online ministry questions. I'm trying to answer 1000 online ministry questions. Cause I've been doing this since 2008, long before mm -hmm. uh, like, I think it was still dial-up internet when I started uh, doing online ministry. And you so I'm trying now. to answer a thousand questions. I'm trying to help pastors around the world just by answering questions. So people have been sending them to me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. They text them to me. They DM me uh, all the time. And I just do a really quick video that answers that specific question. Mm. So mm. you can find that on um you can find that mostly on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, which is at Aussie Dave. But if you want to find out anything else, like all the other things that I've got going on, because I travel to Israel a bit and, and um, I've got a, a few things going on over in Israel, which is fantastic. And I do stuff all over the place. But the best way to do it, if you right now, right now, if you're watching this on YouTube, I want you to get your phone out, hold it up to the screen and just scan that QR code. I'm going to leave it there for a of second. Course. And of this course. is where you'll get all the of contact course. information for me, including all of my socials, my, my, um, <laughs> um, uh, all of my, <laughs> 
Instagram socials, all of my uh, email addresses, everything like that. So just scan that code. Sorry if you're listening to this. Go send, and me, watch the send me your QR code. Send me your QR code, Dave. It's going to be on the screen. He doesn't have to hold up his phone to the camera. Isn't that if you're listening that on way, audio, his link page is going to be in the show notes as well at the very bottom. Or they can and just watch it on YouTube, right? They could watch it on YouTube. Or they can watch it on YouTube. But what's if you YouTube didn't watch channel? it on YouTube and our show notes are in your email, you can get what's it there the, as well. What's the link <laughs> YouTube, YouTube Reverb, Reverb Agency. RVRB Agency. Nice. Good. Go go youtube.com forward slash RVRB Agency. And after you've hey, done that, here's the- youtube.com forward slash Aussie Dave. Here, here's the thing I've learned about this, Dave. When as it relates to this roundtable, we're gonna we're gonna start changing the titles to uh, uh, answering the questions that are being asked on the uh, on the on the podcast. Is that what we're supposed um, to do? Will you really? Will you really? My, my um, takeaway from this podcast is that we're gonna we're gonna hit up Link, who is now our client, and just <laughs> redirect Dave's page to someone else's page for a day or two, just to kind of see what happens. Well, see, this <laughs> hey, is the thing. Hey, speaking. Hey, Hang, can I talk Go. about that for a second? So, um, Will mentioned Link, L I N Q. Like, if I was going to say, talk about this, Link. Go. If you're listening or watching this, you need to check out this app. Like, literally, what I call it is it is the first COVID friendly business card. And they came out long before COVID. So, it's literally a thing. I've got it. Will, you know this. I've got my Apple, I haven't got it on now, but pretend it's an Apple watch band and the NFC is built into that. And so, literally, people touch their phone to my watch band and all of my details pop up it is an outstanding company and we found it i found it through will will told me about it just before i did a conference right i was speaking at a conference clark yep and and uh will and i had a bet at this two-day conference he said uh i bet you you can't get more uh link followers than me i said okay you're on and so during my keynote I put that QR code up and by the end of the day, I had like 300 and he did. Will, I blew you out of the water. Since this podcast has turned into utter chaos at the end, you want to know something very interesting and funny about Link? I was supposed to export a video for them for an ad that they have to send to a very large event company before and this didn't. podcast. And you just reminded me. So I just exported it and I'm currently uploading it because it was very much supposed to be done about 33 minutes ago. And then someone's inbox. Well, you're welcome, Will. I'll invoice you for that as well. Yeah, yeah. Invoice me for oh that as well. Uh, I'll let Jared know and I'll pass the invoice on to Jared. And, Listen, and, uh, can I? Turn this, Clark, can I turn that into something? <laughs> Seriously. And again, speaking to the church leaders here, look up Link, L-I-N-Q, because it is a great way for you to connect with people and make yourself yeah. more accessible to people in the modern world. Like in all seriousness, so I've turned my Link yeah. page into like a splash plate, like a landing page for all of my content and, and for how mm-hmm. people can access me. And here's the thing, guys. I've actually created one for a church that I'm attending here, and they use it now for new people. Hey, new you here scan the code and they get all this information about the church so there are multiple ways you can use this so i would be encouraging nonprofits. i would be encouraging church pastors look up link l-i-n-q it's absolutely fantastic and literally not sponsored i don't get anything you guys don't get anything well you guys are working for them so i don't know you probably do 
Amazing. Uh, we don't Listen. actually right now. We got we got a few wristbands on the way. I think we're going to actually do a link for teams. Though. So they have a product link for teams. So if you're in a church, you have multiple yep. people in it. You can get on the teams product. Yeah, link to teams thing. is good because you imagine all your guest services team church leader. And when somebody new comes in and they've got a wristband on, they just tap it. They've got the information. It's brilliant. Which, which while wow, this is just, again, degrading and utter yes. chaos, uh, we'll backtrack yep. this and make sure that we invoice link for this. They can be a sponsor link for, for this. this podcast. Yeah, they're link sponsoring this podcast. actually has an, a product called link for events that allows you to actually take this into the event space as well and easily connect with everyone in attendance at your event. So it works on all different areas. Clock, to, clock is trying to, to let you know. Before he does, let, Link no, no, is no. also about to bring out a, <laughs> a, a material band, right? Right. The uh, fabric not, one is what you're talking about with the QR oh, code on it. Yes. Yeah, so you know Link, they're adding the QR code to those. it. Send me one of those, Link, and also one wheel. Send me a new one wheel. <laughs> I already told Matt, and I was like, as soon as oh the fabric gosh. ones come in, I need an all blacked out fabric leaf band. Okay, Dad's gonna bring us back. Listen, now. come on. I was no, I was, I was gonna say something that was complimentary to this. The Reverb Roundtable was born today in a way. Like this mm. is what I want us to do. Like mm. I want us to be able to just have conversations and help people discover problems that we're discovering with each other. Like yeah. this Agreed. was so good. So Agreed. regardless of how programmed we want this to be, this was actually the round table vibe that I hope we get towards as we yeah. move forward. So Dave, you I'm glad I help. something on the round table, the reverb <laughs> round table. I'm glad I can and help. Tessa, who you can't see, but we can see, our producer, her head is shaking. And she, oh, she's laughing now. Okay. She's hands in the air. Listen, Tessa just showed you how she can come into the podcast that easy. I think this Thanks, podcast Tessa. needs more Tessa. We agree, Dave. <laughs> Especially popping Tessa. in like this. Hashtag more Tessa. Tessa. <laughs> Thank so you so much, everyone, for watching or listening. No, on, wait, <laughs> if you're listening and watching and you want you want more of Tessa on the podcast, make sure left. you make sure you use social media and uh, tag Reverb Agency and all social media channels and use the hashtag more Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> and then use the hashtag welcome back Clark <laughs> welcome back Clark more Tessa my face hurts Aussie listen Dave. my face hurts from smiling and laughing so much in this episode and that's it's exactly like how Diego. I felt the first time we met it's like Sandy Clark, Diego, Clark, Clark has again. to go buy a car <laughs> I'm fine I'm trading my wife's car today for any, anybody else that's still listening to the Reaver Roundtable we are so grateful <laughs> for you left 15 we, minutes we ago. are so grateful for you we hope that you had as much fun here as we did we can't wait to see you on the next one as we bring more fun more friends more family who are creating real-time content and leading the way right here on the reaver brown table thanks dave we love you thank you so much for joining us this week on reverb roundtable i don't know about you but i'm on my way to rename every single youtube video we have ever posted just a reminder if you want show notes for this episode you do just go ahead and go to rvrb.cc forward slash podcast. We'll see you next week on Reverb Roundtable.